0: Well, good evening, everybody. I like to do a little reminder whenever we celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, just as always to clarify, there's always someone present who, who's got this common idea in their head. Uh, many, many people have this idea that the Immaculate Conception has to do with the conception of Jesus in the womb of Mary. And uh, the lectionary doesn't help, because we're, we're looking right at, at the conception of Jesus, okay? Okay. But the Immaculate Conception actually has to do with Mary's conception in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. That, the, the belief, the, the teaching being that Mary was without sin from the very beginning of her existence. Okay, that's a common misconception. So I think probably 70% of Catholics, if you asked them, you know, what's the Immaculate Conception, they're like, well, you know, it, it has to do with Jesus, right? And, and you know, there's a common saying today, if a, if a young woman is pregnant, you know, out of wedlock, someone will say, well, I guess it was an Immaculate Conception, okay, you know. So, it, 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 that that kind of funny thing is a, is a... it indicates that misconception about what the the Immaculate Conception is talking about. It's not talking about Jesus' conception. It's talking about Mary's conception in, Saint, in the womb of St. Anne. So, Mary is sinless from the get-go, from the very first moment of her existence. And we understand that that sinlessness is... A salvation that was given to her in an anticipatory sense, okay? So salvation for us begins at our baptisms. For Mary, it began at her the first moment of her, her very existence, okay? And, and the purpose of that is so that she would be a worthy vessel for the Son of God coming into the, into the world. That's kind of the short and the skinny of it. There's a lot more to it than that. This, this doctrine of the Immaculate Conception is revealed in, in multiple passages of the Bible, one of the, those, last year I talked about how it, it was revealed in Genesis 3 and how it was revealed in our Gospel. I'm going to speak about uh, another sense in which it's revealed to us in Scripture, and that is simply this. In our first reading from Genesis, we notice that Mary is called the Mother of all the living. She's called the Mother of all the living. Mary is the new Eve. Okay, so if we know, if we, we read about Eve in Genesis, It's going to teach us by way of analogy about Mary. Okay, so let's see some of the parallels here between the two. Um, Eve uh, was, is commonly regarded as a virgin when the angel, a fallen angel in this case, came to her and tempted her, and it was through her cooperation with this temptation that the human race got itself tied up into a big knot and got into a lot of trouble. Sin came into the world, okay? And afterwards, she's known as the mother of all the living, okay? Also, though, Eve, from the beginning, before she sinned, was sinless from the moment of her first existence, okay? Adam and Eve, first human beings, were created in a state of grace, Right from the very first moment of their existence. So let's see some of the parallels now to Mary. Mary also, from the first moment of her existence, is without sin. Okay, just like the first woman. Okay? Mary, just like the first woman, has this gift of grace. Right from the first moment of her existence. Also, like the first woman, an angel comes to her. Okay? But this time it's a good angel and not a bad angel. And uh, through Eve's disobedience, the whole human race got in a big heap of trouble and got all tied up in knots. Through Mary's obedience, the whole human race got out of the trouble that the first Eve put us all in. And she is known as the undoer of knots. Mary is known as the undoer of knots. So she's the one that came and got us all disentangled from the mess that we had got ourselves into originally from the get-go. And so also Eve is the mother of all the human race. So also Mary is the mother of all the living. But the life being spoken about here is a life of grace and not the the life of nature, not a natural life, but a supernatural life of grace. It's through her cooperation with God that the life of the world, Jesus Christ, came into our midst and became one of us and came to save us and brought us the ability to, uh, to enter back into grace, to enter back into that eternal life and, and share and participate in that life of God that he wanted us to have right from the get-go. So this is why Mary is the new Eve. okay? Just like Jesus is the new Adam, or the second Adam, Mary is the new Eve, or the second Eve. And uh, just like both Adam and Eve... Together got us into trouble, so Mary and Jesus together got us out of trouble. Now Mary, because of her really, really important role in the history of salvation, she is now in a position in heaven to help us out immensely. And it's commonly believed that all graces that God gives to us go through the intercession of Mary. That all human beings, whatever grace after Jesus Christ, from that, from that time on, so for the past two thousand years, whatever graces are given to us, they are given through the intercession of Mary. That's how powerful her intercession in heaven is, and that is how she exercises that maternity over us right now. So she exercises the maternity, uh, the supernatural maternity through, of course, being the vessel of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, but she also exercises that supernatural maternity through her prayers, through intercessions. And now she is our mother uh, of supernatural life. And we need to be able to take refuge in her and turn to her and uh, and have recourse to her intercessions and her prayers in all difficulties. And when we do that, our prayers will be answered in a very, very powerful and special way. Um, we honor her, and by doing so, we're honoring Christ. There's nothing that pleases Jesus more than when you honor his mother, okay? because he's a good son. He's the perfect son. And uh, that's how it works between good son and his mother, all right? So you honor the mother and that's what makes the son happy. Now here's another another point here I'm going to draw into our texts. A little contrast here. So I've contrasted the, the, the first Eve with the second Eve. Uh, the, the old Eve with the new Eve. And here's one more contrast. The final one that kind of brings it home for us and uh, makes it uh, concrete and applicable to our practical lives. Notice Adam in our First reading, the very first thing we see, we see him hiding. He's hiding behind the trees of the garden. And God says, where are you? I don't see you. Adam, hello? Hello? After sin, there is a natural tendency for man to want to conceal himself from God. To hide from God. That's what we call shame, guilt, these sorts of things are part of the human experience after sin, because of sin. And uh, all of us, I think uh, to myself, who here has seen little kids, or maybe even remembers themselves doing it when they were a little kid, Mommy, Daddy, look at me, look at me, Mom, look, look what I'm doing. They're riding a bike, they're doing painting, they're throwing a ball, they're doing something they're proud of. Mom, look, look, look at me, look at me. The children have a natural tendency to want to be seen. They want to be seen by their parents. We all have this natural desire to be seen by our parents, but really at a deeper sense, we have a desire to be seen by our Heavenly Father, by God Almighty, because His looking at us affirms our existence. It affirms that we are loved, that we are secure, that we're, we show up on God's radar screen. Okay, So uh, we mean something to Him. We haven't been forgotten. We haven't been abandoned. We haven't been left behind. That's the deepest need that we have. But sin has handicapped that desire such that we actually now don't want to be seen. We want to hide because we feel that we've been abandoned. We feel that we're not worthy of God's love. We feel that somehow... You know, we're going to be in trouble with the big dad in the sky. Okay, so we want to hide now. All right? So it's that natural desire that's been handicapped by sin. How, how, how has it been handicapped? Well, original sin primarily, but also, you know, every parent, no matter how good they are, is defective in some way in their parenting. Okay, and we all grow up with some kind of imbalance in our ability to attach to others and relate to others because of how our parents raised us. Of course, you've got severe situations, of an alcoholic parent beating their child or whatever. These are really severe situations. But even the best parent is not going to be perfect and there's going to be some kind of deficiency. And as we grow up, we, we commit our own sins. And our own sins cause us to do that same kind of reflexive hiding from God, hiding from others, hiding from ourself. Hiding from ourselves. That's what's really special about God's grace and a good examination of conscience. It's an opportunity to let ourselves see ourselves. Because what we do is we distract ourselves with a lot of busy external stuff so that we don't actually see the true state of our soul, our need for God's love, our need for God's forgiveness. And so we turn the radio on a lot, and we do silly stuff, and we uh, putter around the house, and we waste time. Sometimes we get on the Internet. I know I get on the Internet. I'm watching one YouTube, and then another one, and then another one. It's a big waste of time. So what am I doing here, you know? <laughs> so this is what we do. We kind of distract ourselves with externals. In, instead of turning inward and it really taking a good, hard look at ourselves so that we can be honest and truthful before God, so that unlike Adam, we can come before God in all honesty to receive his forgiveness and his love and his acceptance. Now, in contrast to the first Adam and Eve who were um, hiding from God because of sin, we have Mary. What's the last word that Mary says? Behold. Behold me. Here I am, God. I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your will. So Mary, in contrast to the first human beings affected by sin, Mary in her sinlessness is totally free before God, unashamed, without any guilt, in perfect security, in perfect confidence in God's love for her. She's able to stand before God and let him see her daddy look at me look what i'm doing look at me and to be accepted by him now through her prayers through that spiritual maternity that she exercises towards us we can come to that same place of security also practically speaking a very powerful means of this taking place is the sacrament of reconciliation and while we're on that topic I want to say this next Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, I'm going, to, I'm going to preach about the Sacrament of Reconciliation. It's always good to do at least one homily on, on confession during Advent. Um, and I'm going to encourage us all to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation before Christmas. We've got a very good opportunity to do so this Monday. I know it's short notice, but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have another priest come in. It's good to have an outsider priest come in. Uh, a priest friend of mine from St John Evangelist in Spencerport Peter Matola Father Peter Matola he'll be here this Monday from 12:30 to 3:30 and then he'll be in Clyde from 4 to 7 okay and you'll hear more about this in the bulletin and announcements this this Sunday so that's a great opportunity for us all to uh come before God come before ourselves to be honest to let God see us in truth uh to let the light of his Forgiveness and love and acceptance shine on us so that we, like Mary, can say, Behold, I am your servant. Here I am, God. Do with me according to your word.